the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now now. at KDOW.biz and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black, honey. End of March. COVID on the rise. Virtual home tours are taking off. Social distancing continues to hit the housing market. It'll be interesting to see what sort of spring we have there. Markets, for their part, uh, Friday went out with a whimper after a very strong move. Um, more news over the weekend. Clearly, on COVID, it was negative. Speaking just as simply as I can, caseload counts and death tolls continue to rise. Both in the United States and in the world, there was no reprieve when you looked at the news. Markets aren't really terribly up. They're not really terribly down today. It's as if the markets can combing through the weekend, looking at through it, seeing what you know we can glean. And there was some negative news. There was some positive news. Um, President Trump said that he is extending the guideline for social distancing until April 30th. So the whole idea of Easter, which may or may not have caused the markets to rally last week when Trump said, I'd like this to be all over by Easter. Let's get back to work. Um, now he's saying, you know, I'm convinced that maybe we should wait through the whole month of April. Now, looking at the calendar, it's March. So over the weekend, any thought of maybe we get out of this quicker has to be dashed. But also at the same time, maybe we get out of it with fewer deaths and less damage to the hospital system. I don't know. Abbott is launching Abbott Labs, ticker symbol ABT, is launching a molecular point of care test to detect COVID-19. There's not a person I don't know. Who hasn't said to me at least once during all this, I may have had it or I may have it now. I I guess it kind of would be nice if everyone got a test, right? 
Um, Johnson Johnson has identified a lead COVID candidate that can be tested in human trials as early as September and possibly available for emergency use in January if successful. Okay. So again, see how the news this weekend didn't really help and or hurt. The news pertaining to COVID-19 isn't that it's gotten any better, but the news involving its efforts to keep it in check seems to have been accounted for something and holding the markets tight a little bit. Friday was not a good uh, day enough. Um, there's a little bit of rebalancing going on end of the month, January, February, March. Wall Street reports every 90 days, every three months. So at the end of March, um, if you had something that was horrible in your portfolio, like let's say your top holdings were cruise lines, banks, and Boeing, and throw an X on mobile, you probably wanted to purge some of those losers before your shareholders saw that you were guessing a little bit too soon which way the market was going to go. Oil's lower. Um, Saudi Arabia is kicking it up again. And when I say that, it's just, it, it almost makes me smile that the world is such a place that Saudi Arabia and Russia will haggle over oil when the COVID thing is kind of rocking the world. But that's okay. It's something you kind of start to live with, right? Amazon workers plan to strike at Staten Island Warehouse to demand coronavirus protections. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on right now with the whole coronavirus. Am I wrong? A lot of loose ends that we're going to have to tie up in the coming days as we look at the market's stimulus package. Essentially, it was signed, and uh, we started to take a look at it. And we're, hey, we mentioned an oversight thing on this five hundred, you know, billion dollars. It's going to go to things like saving airlines and maybe hotels. And we kind of didn't want Trump's to his people to decide where that goes without some oversight. And the moment it was signed, it was almost like, oh, you're not going to get oversight. We'll give you oversight if we want to give you oversight. It's like, ah. Oh. I think we all know that, yes, we just spent two-plus trillion dollars as a nation, and some of it's going to go into the wrong hands. Some of it? Am I being too uh, snarky? Maybe. The FDA has approved the use of a malaria pill for COVID-19. So this is one that could potentially kill you. So um, there's 30 million doses of hydrochloric sulfate. It has been donated by Sandoz and Novartis. Uh, Novartis, publicly traded company, uh, NVS. I think maybe we're all getting a little more familiar with our big pharmaceutical investments that we either have or don't have or that we wish we had. The drug effects for this malaria drug on patients has resulted in shortage for patients who use it for arthritis and for lupus. So again, even though we get the drug, we might see some hoarding of the drug. So Novartis said they plan to donate up to 130 million doses by the end of May, including its complete current stock of 50 million. So here's the situation. And again, I don't expect this to change. Where it's so easy to knock the big pharmaceutical or the big tech companies but when they do do something that's good and maybe saves lives, like come up with cures for cancers or 
vaccines for COVID, do we kind of forgive them for gouging us in the past? Or do we go, eh, I'm kind of glad you had a little bit of fat to work off there. It brings up the investment question. <clears throat> when you're 92 years old and you deserve a little respect, my buddy, are you more likely to take a pill to extend your life one day? Or are you more likely to be on your Disney Plus or your Netflix account? As we age, pharmaceuticals become much, much more important. The amount of pills my mom has to pop every day is obnoxious. That's why I love ideas like Amazon delivering pills to my mom. So her in a car, forget about it. Not, not good. <laughs> not good at all. So after more than 100,000 coronavirus deaths, the worst in the world, there are signs that Italy's lockdown is beginning to work after three weeks. We are into, I want to say, week two of a pretty good lockdown in California. The rest of the United States has been a little slow to get there, but we're pretty deep into this. So will we start getting better after three weeks? We'll keep an eye out. Um, I can tell you the data in the United States will be analyzed, will it not? Um, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. For the record, this is what a crazy world we live in. Trump, Trump is out there saying today that if the U.S. keeps deaths under 100,000, it would be a very good job. When a couple weeks ago he was kind of giggling that it may get five. Um, interesting the way we're spinning this now. No. Even myself and how it played out and how fast it played out from a correction to a bear market back to a bull market. Maybe that bull market's over. Where are we now? Who knows? But today is not a very dramatic day to start. Uh, you're seeing the Dow up half of 1%. Boring. Nice. The Nasdaq's up a little bit more, 1.5%. Uh, SP 500 up 1.2%. You find me online at Rob at robblackshow.com. That's Rob at robblackshow.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Great time to have your portfolio reviewed and start thinking about how you're going to avoid down markets in the future. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So last night, I'm sitting down for a nice evening, prepped a nice meal. It needs to cook for about an hour. And I'm doing a puzzle. And I set a timer for 30 minutes. And I probably got four pieces of the puzzle done. And the timer goes off. I'm like, did that? Was that really just 30 minutes? It felt like I, I should have been able to do more in that time. It's uh, maybe I was distracted. I don't know where the time went, but I was really, really doubting it. Yes, I'm paying attention to Disney Plus. Yes, I'm paying attention to DoorDash, FaceTime, and Fortnite. But I'm also doing puzzles. I feel a little, how shall we say, old? It's a very old school way of killing time. 
puzzle makers say sales are booming right now. People are buying up everything from simple puzzles for kids to time-consuming 5,000-piece jigsaws. Probably not what you were expecting. Last week, I tried to do shows where I showed you things that are going to do well and things that are going to do poorly um, as we socially change maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. This company called White Mountain Puzzles. They say volume has been so steep that it had to stop accepting orders. And it's two weeks behind on shipments right now. Um, Their website business shot up 20-fold. You know, every day right now during coronavirus for a puzzle maker is bigger than Cyber Monday. And trying to get those puzzles made, cut, created, boxed, sent out to you. It's pretty interesting, right? Adult puzzles have featured in the top search on Amazon. Alongside things like toilet paper and hand sanitizer, which for the record now, I tend to stock up on toilet paper naturally because I get the Amazon subscriptions and I've not bought toilet paper in a store in years. Now, after four weeks of not getting toilet paper because of you freaks all go all demanding it on, on Amazon, I'm going, how much more do I have left? And am I going to have to use this puzzle as toilet paper? We, I think we're all starting to do the math, right? When are, when is the toilet paper production going to meet the surge? But yeah, toy, uh, toy makers are doing incredibly well. Online puzzle companies. It's a low-tech pastime. I'm kind of glad that I'm seeing it, right? Conan O'Brien posted a YouTube video this month talking about the swell of puzzle usage during the pandemic and showing out how he sanitizes a puzzle by boiling it with a pot of water. Har, 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 har. Funny. But, again, think of how we have e-commerce now and some of the winners and losers in a situation like covid now, yes, Johnson & Johnson is working on some sort of vaccine, and it is something to go, hey, that's kind of cool. Is it something you want to chase as an investor? Um, keep in mind, American, we kind of love, hate our pharmaceuticals. So we go, why are we paying so much in the United States for a, like a, uh, let's say, an incontinence drug? And the people in Canada and the people in Africa are paying way less. Well, because we're funding research and someone has to do it in theory. Or the companies, Johnson Johnson is going to sell products from a hundred years ago and not come out with new products. They have to be incentivized. And profit is a great incentivizer, right? I know you're saying you're a horrible man, Robert Black. I know, I know. So Johnson & Johnson had an issue recently, but all pharmaceuticals have had issues, right? I could think of Merck and Pfizer selling what were called COX-2 inhibitors for arthritis. They were like these called super aspirin. The only problem is it did damage to your organs. It wasn't a very clean drug as they had expected it. Aspirin are like, aspirin's really tough on your body. So anytime you can find anything that does aspirin-like qualities, but with less side effects to your liver and kidneys. Perfect, right? And Merck and Pfizer thought they had it. Now, Merck has made Viagra, and I'm like, or is it Pfizer that's made Viagra, right? Like it's, you start to kind of like blend some of these together. 
<clears throat> Viagra doesn't kill people, and it it helps people, get, you know, do their thing. Um, who's the company that's got the heroin, right? Like you can kind of come up with all these drug names and go like, that's a good one. You know, the Propecia one, the one that stops men from thinning on their, their bold spots or you have to take a little pill every single day. And like, that's gotta, that's gotta add up. I don't see insurance companies rushing to say, ah, hair loss is free. We're going to cover that too. Um, but if you're an actor, you can deduct it, right? I don't know. But we, you know, sometimes like we forget like Merck and Pfizer were being sued aggressively. And we look at them and we're going like, they look cheap now, but don't forget that when the lawsuits do hit, they hit ugly. Um, so the COX-2 inhibitors didn't bankrupt Merck and Pfizer, but it could have. Tobacco certainly did its damage to uh, Philip Morris and Altria. And Johnson Johnson had this big lawsuit hanging over their head about their talcum powder having um, asbestos in it. When you make talc, you get it from a mine and it's this big it looks like chalk, but it's soft and rubbery. So the only way to make it into powder is to grind it or smash it. And when you smash it, you're using these big steel smashers. And those big steel smashers, if they happen to have asbestos somehow tied towards them, maybe it gets into the talc. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not a lawyer. Um, but billions and billions and billions of dollars later, there's you know settlements. So just remember, yes, Johnson Johnson could be coming up with a cure for Essentially, next season's cold. It will be included in the flu shot, they believe. Um, and you're going to see companies like GlaxoSmithKline also do very, very well, I think, in the coming years. As more people will say, I ain't going through that, that sitting at home with my wife again for, what was that, four weeks to get out and hunt. You could actually go out and hunt, which I could probably tell you it's people are doing quite well. So, um, yeah, I think GlaxoSmithKline will be a winner. If Johnson & Johnson comes up with, quote-unquote, a cure, eh, it'll be nice. But what will it do it for its bottom line? It's, it's really, it's a $346 billion company. If they were to hoard it, or will the government step in and say, that's ours? I, I would be very cautious chasing waterfalls, and I would be very, very cautious chasing COVID stories. I get it. But I just don't want you to like get burned right now. The news is changing pretty aggressively, pretty fast. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The market's got a mixed approach today. Trump has extended the social distancing guideline through April 30th, which fostered some hope that, you know, there was still, we'll hit our peak curve soon. Abbott Labs, ticker symbol ABT, is rolling out new point-of-care tests for COVID-19, and Johnson Johnson has that new COVID-19 drug candidate. So they're kind of the big movers today. Money managers around the world of investing are doing some quarter-end rebalancing. The gains are not broad-based right now, but healthcare, tech, consumer staples, materials doing well. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Coming up more on COVID and investing, and much, much more, I hope. I'm Rob Black.
Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I'm not pleased. I'm content or something along those lines that the United States government did the right thing and spent $2 trillion. It is a question of do you try to save jobs or do you try to save lives? I know there's a math component to it. I've got a brother who was, a, you know, an injury attorney, an ambulance chaser. Um, it wasn't always not that noble, but he ended up being a judge, which is pretty cool. Um, but, you know, when you get a strained neck in a car accident to an insurance company, it's worth X amount of dollars, and then they have to send an attorney to fight it. Or, you know, you can't say, well, my neck hurts. I want $100 billion. There's case precedents. And that's a lot of what we're going through right now of the math of a virus and the, the, the effects. So when the United States government sends $2 trillion, I think it is worth saving jobs. I, I wish there wasn't so much pork in it. I could tell you that a $1,200 check isn't going to feel all that great after you've been not working for four to six weeks if you're a maid, um, a waiter, a bartender, a cook, a masseuse. $1,200 isn't going to go that far. So we're, there's going to be another round of stimulus. And, you know, we'll keep watching the dollar. In theory, the dollar should be weakening more than it is. And people can do radio shows and TV shows and talk about, well, you're breaking the bank and you're, you know, sacrificing our kids' future. It's not really sacrificing the future until you see that dollar get weaker and it just hasn't done it to pass stimulus. As if the phrase, um, printing money will lead to inflation, maybe it doesn't as much as it used to. But that's something we'll have to think about in the future. And also there's a race to zero, right? A lot of countries are printing money. When we spend two trillion, that isn't like we went into Fort Knox and said, "Hey, give us two trillion." We're printing two trillion dollars. I'll take that in fifties, one hundreds, please. What do you get two trillion dollars with in cash? Anyway, the Dow transports down one point two percent, widening the loss of March to nineteen percent. Transports planes, trains, and automobiles. For me, the Dow Transports is one of the very first things I look at when I start thinking about, eh, I wonder where the market's going to be in six months. I wonder, you know, is now a good time to get someone's new money into the stock market? You take a look at the transports. It kind of gives you some insights on the economy. And right now, it's telling us six months from now, it is going to be brutal. American Airlines down 13%. It hit its intraday low from last Tuesday. Today at $12.16. Avis car rentals down 12%. United Airlines down 12%, sliding beneath its intraday low last week. JetBlue Airways sliding towards the midpoint of its range on Tuesday, which was the rough, rough day before we started putting a turnaround in. So, With Trump saying that things are going to go through April, shelter in place kind of mentality, we kind of kind of expect him to go back and forth on that. And 
maybe come up with an early curfew for some cities, maybe half-day work for other cities. I don't know how it's going to play out. But the airlines are telling us we're not going to be flying a lot. Even if they get the, the bailouts. that's It's still looking rough. They're getting hit today after being promised what essentially they're going to need to stay afloat. That's kind of interesting for me. I like it when um, stocks do a little of the counterintuitive things, but I'm digressing. Nike was upgraded to overweight from equal weight at Wells Fargo. Now, Wells Fargo also upgraded uh, Ross Stores, TJ Maxx, Ulta, that's the uh, makeup place, <clears throat> and Skechers. I bring up Wells Fargo not because we like Wells Fargo, not because we know the analysts who are doing the upgrades, but because part of the analyst community is seeing things have fallen to the point where they can start cherry-picking some of their favorite names. None of those names you know, jump out to me as like, ooh, i got to have it. I own Nike, so I'm good with that. But you kind of see what I'm trying to get at is some analysts are starting to say, okay, we don't have to turtle up forever. BMO Capital Markets upgraded Alphabet to Outperform. Alphabet being Google. Now, again, big tech company. Um, they think that the mega cap companies are going to be very popular when the stock rebound does take firm hold. So think about that for Uno Momento. An analyst, BMO Capital Markets, has come out and said, we like Google. In large part, we can make some case out of them compared to Facebook and them compared to Amazon. Price to earnings, price to sales, you know, other initiatives, cash on the, on the financial statement. We like Google is what they're telling us. And <clears throat> I know a lot of people right now are looking for the COVID stock, but maybe the COVID stock opportunity is in some of your favorite names and not necessarily in a company that can do a defibrillator or a medical device or a company that can turn, you know, hockey masks into surgical masks. That company's out there, but it's not the way I play the game. Not saying that you're wrong for that. Here's one that I'm going to date. I don't own and I'm glad I don't own, but I get it. Hilton and Marriott downgraded to sector perform from outperform at RBC Capital Markets. Now, I'm going to give RBC a little bit of a break here and say, I wonder what their upgrade downgrade is all about. Because doesn't it feel weird that they wait for the stocks to get hit 50% and then downgrade it from an outperform to uh, a sector perform? Now, again, a sector perform is kind of interesting, saying if it's part of the hotel and leisure category, if that starts to see a rebound, then these guys will see a rebound. See, now I tell you that there's four things that move a stock, typically the stock market the sector, the company themselves, and then the visibility. Right now, there's no visibility on travel, so that's a bad one. The stock market is very volatile, so two out of the four make it tough for Hilton and Marriott. But the analyst at RBC Capital Markets says, you know, we see them as a sector perform, so pay attention that way. It's not going to be their individual performance. It's not going to be that outlook. It's going to be how does the sector do? I kind of agree with that statement. <laughs> They've been hit so bad, and the sector's out of favor. Do you want to own a hotel stock right now? No. Do you want to own a travel stock? No. You're, you're probably pretty adamant about it. It's kind of like, why would I want to own those? No one's going to be traveling. Well, 
at some point in time, the sector is going to rebound, is the thought. And it's people looking for ways to win. I get it. And I'm just showing you, like, even the language in an upgrade or a downgrade, where being upgraded to a downgraded to a sector perform tells you that they were wrong, but maybe they're right on the way of approaching this. They see lower growth and increased uncertainty. I got an email from Hilton. Are we not tired of every corporate email and how they're going to address COVID and how they're going to keep employees safe, number one? I'm, I'm not knocking employee safety. I'm not, but I honestly feel like I could see who I have on my email spam list from all the emails I'm getting right now on COVID. Like, I didn't even know I was a member of a company called 1322. I'm like, I wonder what they do. I don't even know anymore, but they have a COVID plan. JP Morgan's out talking about Zoom, 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 Zoom video. Uh, talking about a company that was in the right place at the right time. That's one that I look back on and say, that should have been my COVID investment. Um, daily average users up 378% year over year. Monthly average users up 186%. Um, I've been invited to hang out with friends on Zoom. I'm not that desperate yet, but I will be soon. Uh, neighbors are telling me things like, oh, yeah, we did a family reunion on Zoom. I'm like, I really don't want to hear about it because someone had bad audio, right? And that's another thing. What's up with a bad audio after 10 days of trying to audio? I know, I know that uh, it's tough to get a good microphone on the fly right now, but I'm just surprised on how many CNN reporters still sound like they're reporting from the basement of the science building and not necessarily with a 21st century computer or microphone. Um, I'm on Skype right now. Trust me, it's not that difficult to have good sounding audio if you have a decent computer and uh, you, uh, play with it a little bit and the lighting. <laughs> Uh, I like zombie shows, and there's a show after the zombie show on Sundays, The Walking Dead, The Talking Dead, and they're trying to do it basically, Skype everyone in, get four guests, talk about the ha-ha-ha best moments of the scene, and the audio is just so bad, which, again, you're, you forgive someone once, but in media, how long are people going to stick with that? Eh, I think you're going to be a little bit more... Because you're willing to. But like Jimmy Kimmel, his audio was bad. He fixed it pretty fast. Do you see where I'm going? So, by the way, I went to return something to Best Buy this weekend um, because I bought it pre-COVID and wanted to return it post-COVID before the 30-day kind of issue hit. Uh, Ten employees were at the store, maybe. Most of them were outside in the parking lot throwing throwing bean bags, doing the corn, cornhole toss. Um, two customers, me and one other person. Very surreal, very, very surreal what's going on out there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Now's a great time to talk with your certified financial planner or to learn about financial planning process at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
Sometimes I do you guys a little bit wrong. My producer just brought this up. He's a younger man. He hasn't been investing his whole life. He hasn't been involved in financial stocks his whole life like I have. Sometimes I forget that I'm using terms that are kind of stupid. Um, I just talked about an analyst who had an overweight on a stock. And that's different than a buy, sell, or hold, right? Like, how do you factor that? And the trick is, is you probably shouldn't. The truth is I think less is more. Get $100,000 into index funds and then say, hey, now I can take a little bit more chance with this. It's almost as if the first time you go to Vegas, it's probably a good idea to stay on the slot machines for a little bit or to watch a table of blackjack. Pick a person and say, I'm him and see how it plays out for you. But a lot of times we'd kind of rush into things and I'm trying to prevent that a little bit. So analyst community has these terms that don't mean a lot. And when I see someone go from overweight to market weight, it's tough to say what that firm is thinking, but let's put it this way. Let's say there's 10 sectors of the standard and poor's retail technology, healthcare, um, banks or financials, which include banks, brokers, insurance companies, uh, utilities, they may say utilities should be 5% of the typical portfolio. And that's where it gets kind of, that's messed up because the typical portfolio, what if you're 25 years old? Should you have 5% utilities? What if you're 75 years old? Should you have 5% utilities? It seems kind of arbitrary to say that's where your market weight is as far as the sector goes. So to go from overweight a sector to underweight a sector or overweight to market weight, you got to kind of know where they're starting at in the beginning. Um, I don't expect you to get your hand on research. Research is super expensive. If it's good, they don't give it away for free. If you have a brokerage account with TD Ameritrade, with Charles Schwab, with Fidelity or Vanguard, or even if you have one, like, for instance, um, I think my radio 401k is held at, I'm just going to guess, Wells Fargo. If I were to go to wellsfargo.com and say, hey, I work for this company, here's my account number, here's my password, they may have some research on their website. I highly recommend you look at it. It doesn't hurt to see what an analyst report looks like. Um, typically, they're three to seven pages. They give a bullet point. This is why we like the stock. Then they go into more detail. Then they maybe highlight some of the risk. They may show the financial statements on what they like in cash flow and their earnings projections. They'll give some data. It's pretty boring stuff, but if you have a brokerage account of any way, shape, or form, you probably have access to some free research. If that doesn't do it for you, go to the library when COVID's not blowing up and exploding. Um, I hear the weirdest stories. It's like, my mama likes movies. She likes those books on tape, and she gets them at, at the library, but the library is closed. I'm like, wow. The things that affect people. Um and I'm wondering, like, does the divorce rate go up? Uh, living under close quarters with your spouse after years of running off to work, one or the other, or one of them raising the kid or what have you. I wonder if the divorce rate's going to go up or if people are going to find out they love each other and make babies. Um, it's going to be fun to see how this all, all 
plays in the future. I remember when Facebook started getting kind of a, a good online digital platform 10 years ago, the number of divorce cases in the United States citing Facebook was increasing to over 50% year over year. Um, and that's just, to me, I don't know. This this whole coronavirus keeping people in, it will be interesting to see how stir-crazy the effects of it on people are. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Slightly positive news out this morning on the COVID virus. The numbers are still rising. There's still a bigger, you know, outlook of worse things to come for mar- mid-size, not mid-size markets, but after, and again, I'm sorry, Seattle, but after San Francisco and New York, we're now starting to go, what's the next big one? Detroit's getting a big, Florida's getting a big. <coughs> Florida was like, come on down for, uh, spring break. We're open for business. And then like one day later, like, get the hell out of our state. We don't want you here. Um, I'm fascinated. I, I can't wait to see some of the stuff of like, uh, Florida is trying to stop Louisiana from coming to their state. But are they trying to stop the 101 traffic that goes, it's, they call it on the East Coast, there's something called 95, which goes up and down from Maine to Florida. And, uh, Florida's trying to say, don't come, don't come. The warmth doesn't kill the virus, really. Trust us, don't come. I find, uh, watching the states try to isolate, it's almost funny. Um, how tough it is to pull it off in the United States. But in China, they could pull it off because they use the military to pull it off. In the United States, we're not ready for that yet. General Motors races to build emergency ventilators. That was a messy story last week, was it not? And I, I don't know. Trump says, hey, you guys got factories. You guys should be making masks. You guys should be making shields. And they're like, hey, we got to retrofit some equipment. Here's the cost. And everyone starts pointing fingers at each other. Um, and again, I, I think it depends on which news outlet you watch. I had a neighbor that basically hates GM. And I had a neighbor that basically was like, can't believe the president was, you know, screwing with us because it's our lives and he should pay whatever he has to pay. Trust the company. Um, and it's almost as if on the right, they list a Fox business on the left, they listen to MSNBC and I'm somewhere in the middle of the neighbors, right? Cute, right? And did I finally figure out a way to talk politics without saying anything that pisses everyone off? Maybe. Um, markets are up. SP 500 up 1.4%. Dow up 1%. The NASDAQ is up 2%. What's interesting to note about this is three weeks ago, the volatility was crazy and it was, it was, it was gale force wins one way or gale force wins the other way. And last week, we've kind of started putting together some fighting. I would almost want to refer to it. Uh, we might go down, but we fight our way back up. We might start up, but then we you know, find a way to punch, punch our way out of the fight. Um, sideways is not down. And it's not going to be sideways to the point. It's not going to be zero up and down, zero, zero, zero. It's not going to be easy to see, but it's putting in good work of things aren't getting worse. Then again, we're still waiting for why things really getting better. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.